welcome to the very first episode of Archaeological Archives, a CSUSM original podcast created by anthropology students for anthropology enthusiasts. If you're an avid anthropology fan or interested in the world of archaeology, then this podcast is definitely for you. For this stream generally discusses a deeper understanding of the peoples of our past, their societies, their behaviors, as well as touching on some of the various domains within their everyday life. Thanks again for listening in. My name is Nick Patterson, and joining me in the studio today is the amazing Jessica Garcia. Hello, Jessica. Hey, Nick. When Dr. McGuire asked us to create this insightful podcast and suggested that we focus primarily on the topics within archaeology and archaeological theory, we took it as a deep honor and privilege to center our first discussion around the prominent works of Dr. Wendy Ashmore. Dr. Ashmore is remembered not only as a renowned anthropologist and archaeologist here locally, but remembered as a loving wife, exceptional colleague, and dedicated mentor for those that are interested in Mesoamerican studies, as well as those who are intrigued by landscapes within historical and cultural contexts. Notably, Dr. Ashmore dedicated her life to providing future scholars with an enriching understanding of the connectedness between both spatial and social interactions within archaeology. Thanks, Nick. Let's begin the evening by briefly touching on her illustrious career in academia. Dr. Ashmore began instructing in 1981 at Rutgers University. Her authority in the classroom has long spanned over the course of over three decades. She's taught at various universities around the nation, such as Pennsylvania University, as well as UC Riverside. Dr. Ashmore has also regularly worked across various Mesoamerican heritage sites throughout her long career, showcasing her immense knowledge for Mesoamerican architecture and specialized in both spatial structures and social relations within Mesoamerican sites. Her theoretical perspectives have contributed to well over 30 publications and academic inquiries, as well as contributed greatly to the archaeological dialogue across space and time. In other words, if you're an archaeology student attending one of the many neighboring universities here in Southern California, you've probably read some of her work. Jessica, I would like to bring up some of her contributions that I think really accentuates some of the attitudes and overall ideas that many archaeologists throughout history have encountered when studying cultural landscapes. In her publications of Decisions and Dispositions, Socializing Spatial Archaeology, you see that archaeological interpretations and ideas of space have been significantly changing over the course of just the last few decades. And this has led to a theoretical shift in what has attracted a new disciplinary attention of what Dr. Ashmore now calls social archaeology. It's important to note for those listening in, within the wide scholarly spheres, theoretical contributions play a very important role in how archeologists and scholars perceive and approach the various meanings throughout the archeological record. As for Dr. Ashmore, the changing tides of the last few decades regarding the ideas and inferences of space and archeology span is reflected in her work as a professor and seen indefinitely in her examinations amidst Mesoamerican sites. Early researchers have long sought to reconstruct social or societal organizations from the archaeological record merely through the identification of artifacts and features mapped across space. Although today, we see scholars such as Dr. Ashmore examining deeper into the life history of a place in which we examine evidence of human identification, uses, and modifications of a particular place or area over the full time span of its existence. For example, Dr. Ashmore points out the significance of acknowledging places marked by individual buildings and other discrete architectural features. These spatial entities acquire histories as they are built, occupied, maintained, modified, partly or wholly dismantled, 
or have been allowed to fall into complete ruin. According to Dr. Ashmore, each of these diverse acts can carry profound and potent social and symbolic meanings for an archaeologist. Right. With the successive rebuilding of Aztec Tepo Mayor and even the sequence of the superimposed royal tombs found within the Acropolis at Copan, not only were both sacred mountains built, but they were also rebuilt. Yes. And according to Dr. Ashmore, this act of rebuilding reflects notable decisions and dispositions being made by certain individuals in order to reproduce the social, political, and moral order. For as long as archaeologists have been studying the human past, the call to attention to space and landscapes are riddled with what Dr. Ashmore considers decisions and dispositions, both in the ancient and modern times. Recognizing people's decisions and dispositions is shaping our understanding of the archaeological record. While Dr. Ashmore has been influential in acknowledging a larger understanding of how people's interacted with their landscapes, she also played a key role in how gender shapes our understanding of archaeological sites. Dr. Ashmore's theoretical focus on gender enables the idea that physical landscapes may have attributed to the primordial social understanding and creation of gender. Before diving into this, we should clear up some key terms we'll be using. There is a difference between sex and gender. Sex is biologically constructed, and there are three indicators of determination, genitalia, hormones, and chromosomes. These three indicators can be combined in various ways. Hey Jessica, for those listening in that are new to this idea, how many sexes would you say that there are? Well Nick, some theorists argue that human nature presents the possibility of five sexes. Gender, on the other hand, is socially constructed and can have various outcomes throughout many human societies. According to Dr. Ashmore, the idea of gender is written within the natural function of landscapes and their environments. Can you elaborate on this a little bit? Definitely. One example Dr. Ashmore points out would be the notion of having a mother earth and a father sky, which could present a binary gendered system, much like what we see in Western society. In fact, in the book Women in Antiquity, she commented on the idea that mother earth gets penetrated by father sky through the act of rain, which thereby enables mother earth to produce life. Equally, Dr. Ashmore also comments on how our current understanding of gender in the West has applied a certain binary gendered gaze. This way of thinking has consequently enabled archaeologists to engage in gender-specific interpretation, where misunderstanding and misrepresentations of culture arise. When focusing on her work in the ancient Maya, Dr. Ashmore points out that the sun and the moon both have been viewed as male and female counterparts. In fact, the female Maya moon also carries a dual sex identity, enabling her to become male during the full moon. This, along with other ceremonial, ritual, and burial factors throughout the Maya area, led Dr. Ashmore to the understanding that the ancient Maya had at least three genders. Dr. Ashmore's biggest point here being that the male gaze, which has long dominated the discourse around archaeological finds, should be reviewed and challenged. In other words, you're saying that drawing from Dr. Wendy Ashmore's theoretical perspective of gender landscapes, you can possibly see that symbolic meaning may actually be influenced by natural phenomena. You know, Dr. Ashmore often points out that a major discussion surrounding Mayan hieroglyphs today is how it only identifies two genders. It is possible that this could be due to the instruction and position of the elites, because I often notice how these histories appear on stelas, codices, and pretty much any surface that the Maya could write on. Plus, we do know that many of the depictions were commissioned works. So Jessica, do you think the elite class was simply paying 
to only depict the ideas of high-ranking individuals? Not in every case, Nick, but yes. Usually the importance of a story wasn't fully recognized until future events occurred. This often left room to enhance someone's side of the story. Ancient Maya histories frequently left out the lives of commoners. This wasn't necessarily intentional, but simply because nobody was paying to get their side of the story told except for the elites. In other words, if the elites were only recognizing two genders, this doesn't necessarily mean that the commoners did as well. Similarly, we could be interpreting individuals as solely male due to an inherent subjective perspective. There may be symbols we're not fully identifying just yet, leaving the possibility of multiple genders currently hidden in plain sight. Although Dr. Ashmore primarily focused her studies in Mesoamerica, her theoretical approaches can be identified through her publications and applied upon all societies. The biggest way she contributed is by taking a step back and allowing us as scholars to reevaluate the way we interpret landscapes, spaces, and places, enabling us to refocus our lens in applied archaeology. As we wrap up this evening's discussion, I wanted to note that Dr. Ashmore's passion directed towards her family, students, and colleagues remains a testament to her wonderful character and success as a researcher and scholar. With her recent passing in January, this podcast doubles as a polite shout out to her and her husband, Tom, to whom we at CSUSM pay our utmost respect and homage to her dedicated career. Her legacy will certainly inspire future generations of archeologists to identify landscapes with a more holistic view, with a deeper appreciation, and with the necessary awareness of social influences and symbolic meanings found throughout future examined sites. With that, I want to say thank you to everyone for tuning into this week's segment of Archaeological Archives. And until we meet again, keep on questioning. Thanks and have a great night.